Welcome to Behind the Number. <laughs> Three, two, one. Welcome to Behind the Numbers, Week Eight, Episode Eight. I'm your host Tyson Banker. I'm with you happily with Bench Clear Media, and I want to start today's show off a little bit different today, as I am going solo, which is going to be an interesting venture. But I'm excited to try it. But I just want to thank you guys for those of you guys that have been listening to the show. Would love to get some feedback from you guys. As being a, a teacher myself, I love constantly improving, constantly trying to get better. And so I'm going to throw out a little bit of a giveaway here. I'm going to give away three rookie cards of running backs. Can't really see them that well there. We got Miles Sanders, 19 prism rookie, a Nick Chubb, 18 uh, green prism rookie, and a select Josh Jacobs rookie. All you got to do to enter the contest is put a comment in the show notes of just anything, a suggestion, anything to help me improve the show to help serve you guys better in the football hobby because that's my number one goal is coming to you guys and giving you guys all the support you need to have fun and enjoy yourselves in the football hobby. So with that, we're going to get through the show as usual. We're going to go through the NFL headlines, and I'm going to talk a lot about Mosaic football today and giving us just a little bit more perspective on what's going on with Mosaic. And as we start to come down from the high of Mosaic and get into Prism, it's good to see what the Mosaic, mosaic landscape is looking like. So with the... Thursday night game, we opened up with the Falcons against the Panthers with a 25-17 to win for the Falcons, uh, playing themselves out of the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes, as you could say. Uh, overall, it was a, kind of an ugly game. It was raining a little bit. Uh, Julio Jones was picking up speed. He had 7 for 137. Calvin Ridley got hurt, so that's something to pay attention to as he's been making a little bit of hobby noise this year with his production. Uh, the Panthers' offense was really stagnant all game. Uh, Bridgewater uh, suffered a neck injury that kind of slowed their offense down. They're really needing CMC back as they've kind of hit the wall in terms of what they can do offensively. Overall, game wasn't that much to check out. I just felt like both teams are just kind of not in contention for anything this year. They're both teams that are, you know, the Falcons are getting ready to rebuild. The Panthers are kind of in the middle of one with a new coach. So there's just not much to take from this game from the hobby perspective, in my opinion. Uh, the next game was a very surprising game. Did not see this coming at all, but the Vikings beat the Packers 28-22 in Lambeau. Um, Dalvin Cook had a monster game. He had four touchdowns on 30 carries for 163 yards and two catches for 63 yards. One touchdown was receiving. Just a monster game of the Vikings getting back to what they can do. Uh, with that, Jefferson uh, on the rookie side only had three catches for 26 yards on four targets, but they only had 14 pass attempts. The Vikings just said we're going to run, run, and run some more, and they did really effectively with Dalvin Cook. So it's really nice to see Dalvin healthy coming back and just giving a great uh, effort against beating Packers at, in Green Bay. Uh, A.J. Dillon got a little bit of action because of Aaron Jones being out again this week. Five carries for 21 yards, one catch for 16. Um, he actually just tested positive for COVID, however, so that little rookie look is going to be prolonged for the next couple weeks, and Aaron Jones probably will be back. So we won't get much A.J. Dillon going forward, but it was a pretty good little showing in his short little stint this week. The game I was really interested in coming in this week was the Patriots of the Bills. I uh, thought it'd be a really close game about the Patriots in a must-win game, and it was. It was 21-24. Uh, the Bills edged them out. Uh, Damian Harris is kind of the standout in terms of the stat line with 16 for 102 and one touchdown as he starts to get more uh, in rhythm with that offense. Cam struggled again. Can't say any different. He was 15 for 25 for 174 yards, 54 rushing yards and one TD, but he had a huge fumble at the end of the game that cost him the game. Uh, they were in field goal range, potentially in a game-winning situation, and he fumbled it and lost it to the Bills right there at the end that cost them the game. Josh Allen, I put Josh Allen concerns. 
He's been really slow the last few weeks, hasn't got going. He's kind of going back to his old ways a bit. Uh, this week, no different. He was 11 for 18 for 154, one pick, 10 carries for 23 yards and a touchdown. So he's really kind of hitting the wall in terms of what we were excited about the first few weeks when he's put up those huge 400-yard games. And since then, he's definitely slowed down as he's gotten to the more difficult uh, defenses and teams going forward. So Josh Allen's definitely concerning within the hobby because I know he picked up a lot of steam coming out of the gate with what he's shown. Everybody thought he's kind of hit his stride, and now we're – kind of wondering which Josh Allen is the one to go forward with. So definitely something to pay attention to, especially in terms of his card prices. Zach Moss was kind of a nice little surprise as he got starting to get healthy. He was 14 for 81 with two touchdowns. Uh, good to see another rookie get involved here in the league. He's the guy that was very productive at Utah and just been nicked up this year and finally a little bit healthy and splitting time with Singletary. He got some really good runs this week to get uh, show he can do with a couple touchdowns. Another surprising game, uh, Titans 20, Bengals 31. Big win for Joe Burrow. Um, just coming out 26 for 37 for 249, two touchdowns, nine yards rushing. Uh, very impressive game from him again, from a rookie standpoint, being a team that I think is one of the top teams in the AFC. But as you can see, if the Titans get behind, then it can be very difficult to them to play the game they want to play, which is run the ball. Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry still had 18 for 112 and a touchdown. Corey Davis, a very surprising day, eight catches for 128. AJ Brown, a little bit slow game with four for 24, but still had a touchdown. As we mentioned, probably their best receiver right now is Tyler Boyd in terms of most consistent, six receive, uh, six receptions for 67 yards and a touchdown. Uh, but T. Higgins just seems to be like Burrow's number one guy like for the future and beyond, even though I still think Boyd's the guy now. But Higgins, nine targets, led the team this week with six catches for 78. So he's still putting up the numbers every week as a, as a rookie, getting that connection with Burrow is big long-term. His rookie cards are cheap. His prism rookies are people are selling for him a dollar, two dollars. I'm seeing all over the place. Go grab some of those. There's no reason not to. He's got the size, the receiver build, a lot of things you look for a number one receiver. So I do think that he is somebody that I would be uh, taking a chance on in terms of his mosaic bases or go get a cheap silver for mosaic and just seeing what you can do with it. Uh, not really a surprising game. I thought the Raiders would give the Browns a tough go, and they really did. It was 16 to 6, a pretty ugly game offensively. Uh, really, the only highlight offensively was Josh Jacobs, 31 for 128. Um, the passing game for both sides was just pathetic. Uh, Carr had 15 for 24 for 112, and Baker was 12 for 25 for 122. So not even 250 yards combined passing. It was just an ugly game all around. The Raiders came out victorious, 16 to 6. Uh, Browns kind of losing that momentum. They're you know they're dropping to five and three now. Uh, still a good record, but they're just not beating the teams that are above 500, which is going to be uh, it's not going to last long for them in terms of how well they're going to do in this league this year. Uh, Colts 41, Lions 21, uh, you know, Rivers kind of got going this game, 23 for 33, 262, three touchdowns. Stafford put up some numbers late trying to come back, 24 for 40, 42, 336 yards and three touchdowns. Galladay hurt his hip, was out right away. Hilton also hurt. So both those guys, uh, you know, Galladay's a guy we talked about last week in terms of looking at his uh, rookie silvers, they're pretty respectable price of $200. He's having a terrible year overall. He's not, he hasn't really been healthy. Hasn't gotten going fantasy wise. So he's been frustrating fantasy owners, owners, and doesn't seem to be changing anytime soon. Uh, the rookies in this game were non-existent, really. I mean, T Taylor was 11 for 22, uh, two receptions for nine yards. Really weird uh, to see him do so poorly. Within, and then they put in Wilkins, kind of their second to third string running back, who was 20 for 89 and a catch for 14, and just outgained and outplayed uh, Jonathan Taylor, which is not good in terms of you on Taylor for his rookies and whatnot. Mosaic and coming out in prism is just not good for his status. Uh, Michael Pittman did return for the Colts. He just had one catch for six yards, but he's a guy that I do like. He's a very uh, 
possession type receiver uh, does a good job strength of the ball really strong with the ball in his hands uh, out of usc really liked him coming out swift was six carries for one yard uh that's not a misprint and then three catches for 22 so definitely tough sled in that rookie game but the Colts defense is really tough so that's not too bad for swift overall but uh just i thought i really think taylor's a concern for me going forward right now i'm just not seeing the numbers from him he's really kind of showed a little bit in the first couple weeks and really haven't seen it since so Something I'm really watching for sure because I kind of thought he was going to have a pretty big year this year with the Colts. Uh, as we talked about in the last show, the Chiefs did cover that big spread. They beat the Jets 35-9. to Mahomes finally kind of went off. Had one of his Mahomes-type games, 416 yards, five touchdowns. Uh, Kelsey, a nice day, eight for 109 and a touchdown. CEH, kind of tough sledding, six for 21 and three catches for 10. Uh, it was just more they were just throwing because it was the easiest it looked like. Um, so the, And then the game script, they just kept doing it. Like They just kept going on it uh the rookies for the jets uh p ryan was eight for 27 so he's starting to get more involved in the offense see what he can do as a rookie kind of paying attention to him a little bit because he's got some good speed and mims two for 42 again not bad he had about 30 percent of the yards from uh donald again since donald still was under 150 yards passing uh so overall pretty ugly from the jets as usual and just i, I like mims i think mims if they get a quarterback in there he could be a pretty good guy to watch for next year uh again well another game we were looking forward to was the rams against the dolphins uh, looking at two attack bowls, debut. Debut wasn't pretty, but he won the game. So you take it how you want, but he's 12 for 22 for 93 yards and a touchdown. Uh, he did get that one touchdown early. Uh, the Dolphins just kind of actually, they just pummeled Goff, to be honest. They had two picks on Goff. They uh, forced a fumble when the Rams were getting ready to score on Goff and return it all the way for a score. So the, the Dolphins just got after defensively and just kind of took care of the Rams in those aspects of the game. Uh, the offense wasn't clicking uh, fully for Miami, but enough to win. Uh, Cup had 11 for 110. Woods, 7 for 85. One touchdown, two rushes for nine and a touchdown. So uh, the one guy I was watching was uh, Akers did get kind of back going a little bit. Nine for 35 and a catch for 19. Uh, the split for the running backs of the three between Brown, Henderson, and Akers was 8, 10, and 9. So they are a three-headed monster. And Henderson uh, hurt his thigh again a little bit. So that's why his workload was a little bit lighter. But something to pay attention to because then maybe there's an opportunity for Akers to give his uh, good look for the Rams here that I liked him coming out as well. Uh, probably the game of the week was Steelers and the Ravens. Uh, Steelers 28, Ravens 24. Lamar struggles again. You just can't you can't get around it. He's not performing to what we'd like. Of course, the Steelers are one of the top defenses in the league, but he had four turnovers, and that's just not it's not going to get it done from an MVP quarterback from a guy. A lot of people have a lot of money in his prism silvers and his high-end rookie cards i think he's he is concerning right now in terms of your hobby uh investment when it comes to uh his style of play and his passing game again his passing is a concern uh he was 13 for 28 for 208 yards two touchdowns two picks had 16 carries for 65 yards but lost two fumbles so again he had four turnovers which is pretty much the difference in the game uh, and they still almost won that's how strong the ravens team is they almost overcame four turnovers from lamar and still were right there in it um jk dobbins got his first kind of big load in terms of a, his carry his carries and his involvement because of ingram was out he had 15 carries for 113 and a catch for eight uh and claypool on the other rookie side five for 42 and a touchdown with the go-ahead touchdown to win the game so you know in a big spot made a big catch that kind of sealed the game for them the ravens had a chance late still they got down and got close to it but it was, it was a great game. It's fun game to watch. I watched that one wire to wire, and I know that our boy uh, Shani is going to be super excited about his only his only team undefeated left, which is his Steelers. So, great game overall. It'll be good to see them play in a couple weeks when they're in Pittsburgh. And I think the Ravens still might be a more talented team from top to bottom, but I do think that with the quarterback play, that the Steelers have the advantage. 
Chargers uh, kind of lost one late to the Broncos. I mean, extremely late. <laughs> Broncos scored in the last play of the game to up in the Chargers, 30 to 31. Uh, Drew Locke had one of his better games of the year, which is nice to see, but I still think I'm going to be collecting my bag of coffee bet from Ty this week. I'll have to make sure to text mess him that. <laughs> but uh, Locke was 26 for 41, 248 yards, three touchdowns, and one pick. Uh, Mike Williams is a frustrating guy. He's super talented out of Clemson, but he just he's so up and down. It's either one catch for eight yards or a game like this where he's five for 99 for a touchdown. So he's definitely a talented player. I'm really interested to see how he if he progresses or if this is who he is. Uh, Keen Allen, again, is kind of uh, Herbert's go-to guy, 9 for 67, a touchdown. Uh, in terms of the rookies in the game, Herbert, 29 for 43 for 278, three touchdowns, two picks, and three carries for 21 yards. So, you know, I had a couple of turnovers this game, a couple of rookie mistakes. Uh, still a very productive uh, player, uh, especially in fantasy. Herbert's one of the top players that people want for their quarterback. He's doing really well. Uh, Judy was very interesting. His line was 4 for 73, so not overly impressive but he had 10 targets so they're finally saying you know we need to get him the ball more so i do like seeing the volume for him go up so i think with you with that you can expect some big games coming from him if you're uh again want to get on his cheap mosaics he's super cheap just like i was talking about t higgins a guy that you could just you make a quick buck if you're going over a quick flip or a guy that you like and he's your favorite you know on your favorite team he's get him now while he's cheap uh hamler the other rookie from penn state with three catches for 13 yards but he did have a touchdown it was the winning one so i noted that so overall, there's some young players on both sides for the Chargers and the Broncos that are fun to watch and to follow when it comes to the rookies. Uh, the Saints and the Bears played an overtime game. Uh, the Saints beat them with a, uh, the field goal on the third possession of they had there in overtime right at the end, 26-23. Uh, Breeze, 31 for 41 for 280, two touchdowns. Kamara was heavily involved with the receiving and rushing with 12 for 67 on the ground and then 9 for 96 in the air. Uh, Foles 20 for 41 for 272, and then Allen Robinson 6 for 87 as kind of the Bears go to guy. Not much hobby take here, other than the Saints just you know won a tough game on the road against the tough defense of the Bears. The Bears' defense is what's keeping them in the division run, um, but the Saints just kind of have the offense to push them over the top and get the victory. It's really interesting to see how the Saints do. It looks like Michael Thomas is really close to coming back, and I'm really interested to see how this offense looks when Michael Thomas is back, if it changes at all, or if there is real big issues with Michael Thomas going forward. So I'm definitely paying attention to that coming in the next week. Uh, 49ers and the Seahawks, pretty ugly game for the 49ers. Again, sustained some major injuries that really hurt them. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo got hurt again. Kittle fractured his ankle. He's out for eight weeks. So this team is just unraveling in terms of their talent. They're just week after week, they're losing major talent. Uh, so Wilson put on them for 27 for 37 for 261 and four touchdowns. Uh, Metcalf, monster game for Metcalf, bounced back from that little three for 30 he had on uh, Monday night against the Cardinals. Or was it Sunday night? But anyways, he had 12 for 161 and two touchdowns. He's just a guy that I just think has the ability to be a top receiver in the league. He just keeps, you know, he's got the Wilson there. He's in a great system for what he does. Uh, he's got the size, obviously, and the speed. I mean, he caught a, a dig route or a crossing route, and he just went right on the sideline for 45, 55-yard touchdown right in the beginning of the, uh, the first quarter there, just showing the speed and the strength he has to break tackles to go down the sideline. So he's just a guy I think just has a really good number one receiver upside, a guy that I think if you want to go for a long-term receiver that can see that type of Michael Thomas gain, we saw where Mike, Michael Thomas's silvers were. I think Metcalf's that guy for me if you want to really invest in something that you think is going to be a good long-term hold. Uh, Brent Ayuk, again, he's very impressive. Once kind of Kittle went out and they were playing catch up, he got some good looks. He, he was getting looks early in the game too, but he looks like he could be their number one guy, especially with Samuel out. 
uh, eight for 91 and one touchdown on 11 targets. So 11 targets, a great target share, great volume. And he's, he's cashing in when they do throw to him. So definitely a rookie that I think is being slept on as well. And mosaic like Judy, uh, probably the ugliest game. And as of the Cowboys fan, you guys know, I probably said it too many times, uh, the Cowboys seven Eagles, 23. Uh, I was just a horrible game. No other way to say it. Wentz looked terrible. Um, <laughs> Wentz was 15 for 27 for 123 yards and two touchdowns and two picks and also lost a fumble against probably one of the worst defenses in the league. So a lot of people are starting to wonder if it's time to move on from Wentz because they're pretty much in prime position to win this division right now and they're doing everything they can to not play well enough to do it. Uh, so does that mean Hurts is coming? Is I, I don't know what the Eagles are planning to do, but they Wentz can't keep playing like this and them being able to make any steps forward in terms of actually trying to make use of being in this weak division. Uh, Fulgham, I just put his Fulgham for real. Six for 78, one touchdown. You know, he's a second-year player. Um, they're starting to get guys back, but he's still the guy that Wentz is going to. Of Wentz's 123 yards, he had almost 80 of it. So, I mean, he he's the guy that they're counting on for the yardage and the plays, and he looks good. Um, you know, when you look for his rookies, they are last year rookies and they are on the Lions. So if you have any Travis Fulgham rookies laying around, definitely check those out and get those out because he is making some he, – he's making me impressed in terms of what I've seen from him overall. Uh, Lamb, four for 27, one for 19. Um, you know, not much you can say about Lamb right now. He, you know, they got Danucci in there. He he looked okay, but he he doesn't have the zip. He didn't have he doesn't have the NFL arm talent to make the throws and get these guys the yards and the plays they need to make. Uh, so it's just going to be a rough go for the rest of the year of the Cowboys playing simple. Not that it was going well anyway. Uh, Zeke laboring, I put, you know, 19 for 63, one catch for 10. You know, the O-line's beat up. Uh, they don't, they're missing a lot. And you can tell he's just... He's getting what he can with, you know, three or four yard chunks and eight and eight yard, nine yard here, but just the big gains and the big games from Zeke aren't going to be there this year. So, you know, if you are a Cowboys fan, if you're a person that, you know, wants to get on Zeke or get on Dak or get on Lamb, I think that these prices are going to go down for a while as the Cowboys continue to lose. So there might be some good buying opportunities we get toward the end of the season um, going forward. Uh, Jalen Rager had a three for 16 and one touchdown in his return. So nice to see him get a touchdown as a rookie. Uh, only three catches for 16, nothing outstanding, but that he's getting in and that receiving core is depleted. He'll have opportunity there to produce. So definitely a guy to keep an eye on as well. The Bucks uh, just beat the Giants here. I'm just recording right after the game here late on Monday night. And, uh, you know, the Giants hung in there. Daniel Jones took him down an opportunity to tie at the end. The questionable call of a possible pass interference that could have helped them tie the game. Uh, but overall, you know, Jones still missed a lot of really – they had some really good play designs and getting some guys up in space on the sidelines. He missed some wide open guys, in my opinion, for deep balls. But, you know, he had two picks. Daniel Jones, 25 for 41, 256 yards, two touchdowns. Brady was 28 for 40 for 279, two touchdowns. Uh, you know, the the Bucks are rolling. There's a road, road win on Monday night, not bad. But the Giants did their defenses better than people think, and I think they gave the Bucks a little more than they could handle in terms of how, how they thought they would do offensively. Uh, so it was good to see that Ronald Jones did fumble early and it did seem they turned to Fournette and they just said, Hey, we're going with Fournette most of the time here. And he got most of the share. So that's something to pay attention to. Cause a couple weeks ago, I kind of was under the impression that Ronald Jones had this lockdown and it's no longer the case as Fournette's getting more and more involved. So next week, you know, we, have, I think the bucks are against the saints. So that will be a really good fun game to watch, kind of see how uh, this comes back to being from week one. So definitely something I'm looking at. So, I kind of combined this week the NFL headlines and the rookie report just to try to streamline things a little bit more so we can talk more hobby and get things more uh, focused into the conversation around football cards. That's what this podcast is about. 
And again, guys, if you please just leave a comment, leave a, any type of suggestion or just even a simple hello or things that I'm doing well. And I'm happy I'm going to randomize the list of names and I'll send out the Josh Jacobs select rookie card, Nick Chubb and the Miles Sanders to you just straight from me. It's come from Canada, so it might take a little bit, but I'll definitely get that out to you. So I want to switch the conversation now a little bit to just the mosaic landscape, if you will. I think I've been heavily chasing Mosaic. I love Mosaic. I just, I love the parallels. I love the look. Um, I've definitely been kind of sucked in. So probably been overextending myself, just trying to get into breaks and get into different situations to try to acquire the cards. And I just want to give you guys some perspective, what to look for in breaks. I do think there has been a bit of a drag in terms of the singles are coming down, but the wax is staying put. And so I think you really need to pay attention to um, the pricing when it comes to sealed wax in the sense of, you know, before when we were opening in blasters at $60 to pop and you got a burrow, the burrow at that time was $65. But now that base burrow is $25. And so I really think right now the smart play is probably actually hunting singles and hunting the cards out outright if you're really trying to get your money's worth. The sealed wax options have really been difficult in terms of the pricing has not changed much. And so I was just going to go over that. And also just in the perspective of breaks, if you are getting into retail breaks or you are getting into uh, big breaks uh, with hobby, just knowing about what you should expect to pay. I think that's important. And just this weekend, looking at Facebook, I, I saw one cello box break that was, you know, charging basically $44 per pack. I saw one cello box break charging $26 pack. And so, you know, you really just got to evaluate your, uh, the money that's coming in and just making sure that you're paying the price that's fair for you in terms of your chance to get some good cards. So I want to help you out with that. So in terms of the mosaic price info, I just want to go through the different types of mosaic products. Um, so there's the cello packs, the hanger boxes, hanger boxes have target and Walmart options. If you didn't know that, uh, they are different. The Walmart offer the college variation cards, which are actually pretty highly desired. Uh, they're doing really well. Like for example, the Herbert's going for about a hundred bucks. Um, the, the lamb's going for like 40. And so there's a variation card of the player in his college uniform. It is kind of weird because there is some of the cards like Kenneth Murray and a couple guys in the mosaic. that are only in their college uniform because they didn't have other photos apparently, but the, the variations come from just the Walmart hangers. So those are pretty cool cards that to chase in terms of value. Um, but there's the blaster boxes and the mega boxes. So that's kind of your retail options. So again, the cellos, the hangers, the blasters, and the megas. So just for context, so right now the cellos are going in terms of what you can pay to get them on eBay is around 20 bucks. Uh, they are regularly, when you get them off the rack, $11.99. There's 11 cards, so two packs of four, and then there's one pink pack of three. Uh, the hanger boxes, like I mentioned, they're going for about 25 to 30, 30 bucks on eBay. Uh, regular $17.99. Again, there's the Walmart and the Target option, and they come with 20 cards, two, uh, one just $20, sorry, one 20 card pack in, in the, like a nice hard cardboard protective covering. Uh, the blaster boxes, you're looking at $45 to $50 on eBay for a single box. Regular is $20, bucks, and those are eight packs of four for 32 total cards. The mega box, $75 to $80 bucks on eBay, and the regular is $60, and they come with 40 cards. So they're actually almost, they're essentially like two hanger of the cardboard packs that are in the one mega box. Um, and so, you know, the, the hanger boxes have the reactive cards, so like the orange reactives. Uh, the mega boxes have the green reactives. I believe they call them kind of a bluish green, uh, reddish green, excuse me, background. Um, I think in terms of, I just want to, in my personal opinion, I just think the hanger boxes are the best of value. You can see that they're going for about 25 to 30 
only 18 bucks is the original. So you're not looking at two times two X and you also have the variation of the college variations and they do have the nice orange reactives that you are doing well for uh, rookie cards. The cello packs are like, they're tough because they're almost two X and I just, they're the, even the pinks have kind of really dropped in value. So just being like, what's the chase in those? Yeah. You have a chance at silvers. You have a chance at Genesis with these, but those are always few far in between. I mean, I, I could say that I've, I saw uh, one breaker. I saw five cello boxes and I think one Genesis came out of them. And so, you know, that's just a really hard thing to try to say. You're going to go for Genesis. Uh, the blasters seem to have more of the parallel hits like the genesis um just from what i've seen so those in terms of looking for those type of hits you have a good chance uh then the mega boxes as well you get quite a bit more color quite a bit more silvers uh shots from the mega boxes uh the hobby boxes right now so switch into the hobby angle 700 800 still so right that's about what they were the release they're kind of hanging firm at that 700 to 800 line uh, 150 cards come in that and then you the hobby choice. Those, those are super low numbered. Uh, they only come with eight cards. Those are $500 a box right now. And the no huddle boxes are 500 bucks as well. And they come with 144 cards. Um, the no huddle have special, like each of those has special parallels in them. So like the mosaic, the no huddle has the no huddle uh, disco prisms. I um, actually hit a Herbert one just this last week for me. So I was pretty stoked about that. with My Orkin love and my Herbert chase. Uh, definitely a fun card to to go for they're really good looking cards i do like those quite a bit um and so just kind of giving you perspective there like just giving those general prices so that you can just making sure that you're paying good prices if you do want to go and buy some that's marked up a bit so you then just just terms of the set the set's a 300 base card set one thing that is crazy that you really need to pay attention to that i'm really excited to see how everybody talks about you know overprinting and just the scare of where we're going in the hobby in terms of production and it's a 300 base card set there's 31 parallels across hobby and retail 31 so that that's that's crazy because you just think about all the different types of cards of the same card that are possible and so when i think about that i'm really interested to see how the pinks versus the greens versus the base cards do in terms of their pricing because you would think that the parallels are going to get the uptick on the base because they're going to be the supposedly shorter shorter printed even if they are colored and not numbered and so I'm just wondering if there's so many parallels now, if that's really going to kill our base chase or if the base is still going to hold because people respect the original base card. And so if that's the case, then as the green, the pink, those just colored non-numbered, are they going to be the ones that are really not as good as people think? Because like, for example, then really the cello packs are a bad deal because if the, your biggest chase is going for a pink, uh, like again, I hit a pink Herbert as well, then is that the one that's not going to be the value you're expecting when you would expect it to be more than a base? So that's something I'm really paying attention to as cards start to come in graded. And I do have some prices for us coming down here at the bottom. Um, so in terms of just the breakdown, um, there's very quickly, I won't try to bore you with this too much, but the hobby choice has four um, exclusive um, parallels. Like the one of the chase ones that people like a lot, the mosaic peacock uh, that's in the hobby choice only. Uh, the no huddle, like I said, has a no huddle silver. It's like the disco and I think disco might be different, but the no huddle silver, it's very similar to disco looking, um, that they have, the no huddle has six, uh, parallels that are specific to no huddle retail has six as well. That's exclusive to retail. Um, and the rest, there's a few that are spread without. And so it just put that on there is for context of kind of knowing that there is different chases within different products. Um, and I think that makes it also fun for people as well. Uh, so just kind of checking in those singles, as I just kind of mentioned, was, you know, 
the Joe Burrow PSA 10 base mosaic I just saw one sell, sell just today and it sold for 405 out the gate. Now, obviously, that's going to level out, but that's another interesting thing that I'm going to be looking for is the, the fluctuation in terms of the pop report of the base cards for mosaic and the tens versus the nines because I think it's going to be a low percentage and compared to what we're used to with you know grading, you know, our baseball base rookies and whatnot because. It's been pretty widely known that the mosaic base cards are in rough shape, and so if you get a P if you get a card that can PSA ten, you might have a better card than you think in terms of it being a base because it might be pretty rare PSA ten. So I'm gonna be really paying attention to that pop report as the mosaic starts to roll in in terms of their grading, and even a PSA nine just sold of a Joe Burrow for a hundred bucks. So the base cards right now for him is down to thirty. And so somebody even said, hey, a nine is still pretty solid, and they paid your 100 for it. So I think just something to keep track of this nine and 10 for Mosaic going forward. I think there is some value to be had in terms of grading these cards, of course, as we'd expect. Um, the notable, I hope some notable prices here just kind of blow your mind a bit. But uh, Joe Burrow, uh, Pink Disco, that's a number to 25, I believe. I'd have to double check, but it's a low numbered card sold for 1226 raw. So $1,226, bucks, pretty big buy there for somebody going after Burrow. I have some Herbert prices for you as well. Uh, Herbert's bases are around 20 to 25. Uh, his mosaic silver prism disco, the one that I hit that I told you about, is hit, hitting around 240. Um, a very interesting price here. His green, so this is what I was talking about, is that base going to be considered more desirable in these greens and these pinks. His green PSA 10 came out 350. So right now, Burroughs and Herbert's level is pretty similar. And to see a PSA 10 green of Herbert's base rookie, like his green base, so not like a debut or anything, coming at 350 is pretty shocking to me when I see Burroughs at 405. So like I said, I'm really going to be paying attention to those non-numbered colors and just seeing what happens with those. I'm very interested in that aspect of this. Uh, and then I give another high, high-end high card for you to think about, a Herbert's Genesis SSP, uh, two grand is what that sold for. So that's another big one. And the Chase, everybody wants those Genesis cards. The Genesis cards, the Genesis cards are huge. They're really nice. Uh, I like them very similar to the White Mosaic are also pretty cool. Uh, Tua, he's a couple graded. I found actually a BJS 9.5 of his base sold for 172. So that's pretty respectable for a BJS 9.5 compared to the PSA 10. Um, his base rookies are going for about 20 to 25. Uh, again, interesting, a red mosaic. So that's another form of a color card that's not numbered is PSA 10. 405 for him so he's he's a notch under herbert and under burrow because they are performing uh to still was drafted ahead of herbert so he still has that pedigree but seeing his red mosaic come up 405 again paying attention to those non-numbered colors and seeing how they're going to kind of stabilize in the market is really interesting so then i put in a couple of non-quarterbacks too just for context we know the quarterbacks are the top shelf so now i'm going a little bit to the second tier or even third tier shelf but I put Jefferson and Lamb, then I got CEH in here because I think those are kind of the top three guys with uh, non-quarterback in Mosaic right now. Uh, Jefferson, you get a base for his for 6 bucks. You can get his green and pinks around 7 to $8. Uh, a white Mosaic for him is kind of a high-end card for him at $230. Uh, CD Lamb, uh, raw silver for 45 His pinks for 16 His raw cards go for around 8 So he goes a little bit more, mostly the market. You know, he's with the Cowboys, so he's getting a lot more love, than, even though Jefferson's probably playing better. Um, but overall, those are probably the top two receivers right now to chase in this class. But there's going to be a lot of guys that are going to elevate from where they are now. Like we talked about Judy, potentially Rugs, and etc. So we got Ceh in here. You know he's really slowed down uh, as of late with the Chiefs. You know his orange reactive uh, that comes out of those hanger boxes, eleven dollars. His base are going for five. 
His Genesis is 178 and his silver for 35. So, you know, he's definitely the guy that's getting to the point. I do think that I would wait a little bit longer. I still, like I said last week, I believe in his talent. I believe in his situation. I still think that he's going to get going at some point, and it might even be a playoff run he gets going where everybody's just saying we're going to not let Mahomes beat us. You know, he's going to have lanes for days to run through when it comes to the playoffs. But I do think that he's a guy that just keep watching his prices. If he keeps getting, you know, he gets under $4 for a base. You know, if these uh, color cards get somewhere in that receiver range of six to eight bucks, I mean, take some chances. I just, I think the Chiefs are in position to win the Super Bowl again. I think he's in a good spot to make some noise as we get closer and closer to that Super Bowl run. So I do think that CH is going to be a guy to be watching to buy as we go forward. So, you know, I want to give you a real, you know, it's a real short show today because it's just me talking to myself and trying to get all those things going. So again, you know, put uh, in the comments again, any suggestions, any any comments or feedback to the show to keep making this a better show for you guys. You know, I appreciate Bench Clear giving me the platform to talk to you guys about football cards. It's just a fun thing to do. So I really enjoy it. And again, if you enter the comments, I'll get you in a random list and ship out these Josh Jacobs, Nick Chubb, and Miles Sanders rookie cards to you. But in kind of closing, I just wanted to talk about just the general, you know, state of the hobby and how crazy it is. I just I think the biggest thing in one of Ty's podcasts two weeks ago, and then the podcast he just had on Breaker Culture, you should check out about uh, you know cooking and different things that are going on with the hobby in terms of competing against bots to buying cards and all these things are kind of widen your perspective of like wow this this is crazy people are all in and yeah they are because there's a lot of money in it so when there's money in it and the values are high it's going to draw all types of people the people you want people that don't want people that you like people you don't like and that's just the way it is but. I think the biggest thing that I've learned in just kind of getting back into it over the last couple of years myself is that you have to be patient. Everything when it comes to the sports card world is like, look at this awesome thing. Look at this awesome thing. Look at this awesome thing. Look at this price. Look at this price. Just don't get caught up in the pricing. Don't get caught up in the numbers in the sense of not enjoying the hobby. Um, I definitely find myself sometimes so focused in on the values that I forget the fun of it. And I'm just, my general <laughs> comment would be to, Make sure you're enjoying it. Don't be just chasing and losing or not hitting or missing a break. Like all those things take the fun out of it. So at the end of the day, it's it's a fun thing. And I think with Prism coming out soon, it's going to get even crazier. I think we're going to see prices that are unreal. I think it's going to turn people away from even trying to get into Prism, which to me, I don't know if I'm, I won't, I don't plan on finding any. Um, I don't plan on paying for the break prices early. Like, I think it's making it to the point where you're gonna have to just gravitate towards singles. Like I'm really interested to see, you know, Jefferson single, what's that come out of, you know, is that going to be better than paying $300 for a random or am I going to be able to have fun and just buy some singles that I know I can enjoy that way. So prism to come out is going to be huge. Uh, the retail market, that's gonna be big. I'm really interested to see how that filters out. There's been a lot of talk about uh, different ways that people are getting product uh, that we can't. And I think that, like I said, if you listen to Ty's podcast, you'll get more perspective on that. There's even a little bit of talk about the uh, kind of the distributors selling outright between Walmart and us online. I've seen some things and I just think in general, just do what you can to enjoy it. And if you get some, that's great. Uh, but overall, I think that when it comes to enjoying this, it's just, you can't let it dry you out in terms of being overwhelmed with everything that you want to get, that you may not be able to get. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, cut. <laughs> Three.
two, one. Okay, so I just wanted to close up by just giving you guys a run through of what to expect next week. Just some games to look forward to that are important to the football world and just the hobby world. So, you know, Thursday night's Green Bay at San Francisco. San Fran's not going to have Garoppolo. They're not going to have Kittle. Green Bay is going to need to bounce back. So it's going to be an interesting game, but at the same time, I think San Francisco is going to test them just because they're at home a short week. But I think Green Bay is going to be in a position to have they have to win that game coming back to that Vikings loss. Buffalo against Seattle is a big one. Um, really be watching Josh Allen there. Seattle's defense is not very good. So if he continues to struggle, we're going to have some big problems. Uh, Baltimore at Indy. So Lamar against another bad defense. Is he going to put up numbers that makes the hobby worry again? Uh, Houston comes off their bye against Jacksonville. Chicago and Tennessee. Carolina at KC. So not too much of those ones that are interesting. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Yeah, other than that, I think uh, Miami at Arizona will be interesting to see Tua's second start and going against Kyler. And then finishing up with we have New Orleans at Tampa Bay on Sunday night. And unfortunately, on Monday night, we got the Jets and the Patriots. So I think probably the game of the week will probably be the Saints at the uh, Tampa Bay, just seeing who's to take care of, the, take care of that NFC South. And just like going forward, we'll see you know what team in the NFC can come up and challenge that strong AFC with the Steelers and KC and whatnot. But again, as we close out here, uh, appreciate you guys checking out the show again. Again, leave a comment like I mentioned a couple times, and I will put your name into the list and randomize and get you guys some free uh, running back rookie cards. But uh, thanks, thanks for tuning in. Take care.